0: Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good evening, Fred. Good evening, and we're catching you soon after your return from Washington D.C. And you went to Washington soon after getting back from Las Vegas, and you're about to depart for Kenya.
1: Yikes! Yep. No. um, Yes, it's whirlwind, but uh, very exciting. Um, Haven't been. uh, Expect to learn just an enormous amount, and um, uh, can't wait to just learn.
0: That is just terrific. Well, we have more interviews from CES to feature in this episode. Stay tuned for that with lots of help, of course, from our friend Ken Pyle at Vioti. But first, some headlines from the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter. On top, Alan, the University at Buffalo is issuing a request for proposals for self-driving shuttle vehicles and operations in the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus and surrounding neighborhoods. The project is being funded by the U.S. Department of Transportation. We've got a friend out there, don't we?
1: Uh, yes, we do, and uh, that's uh, Dr. Steve Still, who um, who um, uh, basically endowed uh, who who endowed the the University of Buffalo transportation program um, a few years ago, and is there as um, as a faculty member and um, and is really um, trying to do for Buffalo, and in, in some sense. Uh, uh, some things uh, similar to what we're trying to do in Trenton with Trenton Moves, uh, that is provide mobility, high quality mobility, affordable mobility uh, to, uh, to people who, um, who have been uh, really left behind by um, uh, the mobility that, that we all uh, take for granted in some sense. And um, really look at looking at the transportation disadvantaged in the Buffalo area and, and trying to bring mobility to them. So um, kudos to Steve and kudos to what they're, they're trying to do there. And um, we wish them, we wish them well.
0: Yeah, and we'll follow, of course, uh, what happens with the RFP. ZF has unveiled its next generation shuttle in Las Vegas, designed for urban environments and mixed traffic you have some thoughts here
1: yeah and it's a, it's a nice vehicle it's um you know, it's uh, to get there had a similar vehicle that they had in the in the personal rapid transit world at mazdar and i think this is an evolution of that vehicle to not uh, to work beyond exclusive uh, places and exclusive roadways to also operate uh, driverlessly um in um in mixed traffic so kudos to to their efforts there and um, make a few comments Um, the vehicle is is on the large size uh, for places in which uh, one has uh, the demand to be able to uh, to have the vehicle at least uh, partially filled uh, much of the time Then then of course um, the places that we've been looking at things uh, uh, the temporal spatial character of um, travel demand is such that uh, most of the time it's very diffuse and it's, uh, it's a challenge to, um, to be able to uh, create a situation in which people um, actually uh, have the opportunity to travel together. Uh, And so if we can create a a mechanism by which they would want to travel together, then the opportunity to uh, have ride sharing, real ride sharing with uh, what I call casual ride sharing, it's with people who aren't associated and don't necessarily know each other. They just happen to uh, be wanting to go from about the same place to about the same place in the or in a, about the same direction at about the same time. And um, that 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 high-dimensional spatial-temporal distribution of of transportation demand demand is such that that most of the time during a the day there are few people that want to go between two places at the same time. Uh, And sometimes, sure, uh, maybe, uh, you know, going to school in the morning and coming home from school in the evening or going to the train station and coming from the train station or going to a very um, um, uh, large workplace and coming home from a very large workplace. Yes, but most of the rest of the travel demand uh, is really diffuse. Uh, And those that I just mentioned happen to be hub and spoke type things. So they're from one place to many or many to one. There are very few places in which there are a lot of people that want to go between two points. Uh, So if if one is really looking to try to provide mobility uh, across the the demand spectrum, uh, one has to have the flexibility to respond to the demand as opposed to trying to make the demand respond to the supply side i mean if you can get the demand to respond to the supply side then everything's easy hey you just run here here on the schedule boom make everybody live here and work there um so far that hasn't been the way most people try to live their lives so um you know the this this sort of battle between the supply and demand uh, what the customers want versus what you can offer the real opportunity of automation, it allows you to, to take the supply side and match it up much better to the demand side. And when you do that, you see that probably you should be doing that with small vehicles, not big vehicles. Why? Because you know there aren't all that many people who wanna travel and join in the vehicle. Uh, most of the time. And so you like to have little packets that you'd like to be able to manage around to be able to serve the demand as it gets created, which is all the concepts that we have embedded in things like the Trenton moves or moves concept is is to really get get a system through automation that is able to to shape itself to meet the demand, therefore uh, providing high quality. Of course, then the advantage and where automation, you know, really shines is that now you need many uh, automated drivers. But my goodness, that's, that's, that's what Moore's Law is all about. You know, you sort of create it for one and then you replicate it. And replicate it again and replicate it again and replicate it again you know so you go from one to two to four to eight to 16 to 32 uh to 64 to 256 and all of a sudden you have exponential growth which does one makes the unit cost go to zero okay if you're just making a couple of these things boy it's expensive if all of a sudden you're just getting a couple to work and replicate and replicate, and replicate. <laughs> Wow, things get really interesting. Well, at least that's that's the bubble or the the ship that we've been riding on in the last, you know, fifty years or, or 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 whatever of the of the digital revolution. I mean, that's that's how we got here. And so, you know, to bring that to mobility, but then that implies that you're going to have small ones. And so, if you really want to be successful um i think you trying to do small ones but you really have to scale you have to make many you have to do a lot but guess what there are a lot of trips every day
0: moving on there was a report in the wall street journal headlined you may be able to buy a self-driving car after all um, and this is this ran during ces and this talks yeah. about the uh, concept vehicles at the show from Stellantis. And Sony, with uh, its partner Honda, et cetera.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it also depends on you know what you mean by self-driving. If you mean by self-driving, what what we call self-driving, which is really what other people consider level two or whatever, which is which is a system that gives you comfort and convenience. Heck, you can go out there and buy that right now. People are buying it right now. You know, mobile y has three point five billion in in book business. To deliver some of that stuff, and you know, absolutely. But if you mean by self driving that you know, you sit there and you beat your chauffeur around, and um, and uh, there's no driver, driverless, and you're gonna buy one of these things, well, you know, um, don't hold your breath, it is not gonna happen soon. Um, you know, chances for, of me for, seeing for
0: a, for a bunch of reasons, right. It's
1: too. It's too hard. And 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 why? Do you really really want to buy it? You really want to get in the Airbnb business of of having a vehicle and you send it out to to give people rides and you're going to be responsible for that? Really? You want to be in that business? Really? Really? I think you know what what the car industry has done for all this is that they've put it into our brains that that we we really like to drive and want to drive at least some of the time. And now all of a sudden, you know, BMW is going to have to have instead of the ultimate driving machine, they're going to have the ultimate riding machine. Really, I don't believe it. Okay, I just I just don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it.
0: Meanwhile, uh, you highlight some Tesla updates. Uh, expansion in Texas; it's become the top luxury auto brand in the U.S. now, and Tesla vehicles moved nearly a hundred thousand people inside Boring Company tunnels at CES. You got to look at that.
1: Yeah, we got to look at that, and we, uh, we got a good look at that with uh, the head of the Boring uh, Company there in Seattle, who's uh, who's implemented that, and and it is it is it's a small system right now. Uh, It's just a line hall with, you know, um, four stations, I guess. But their plans is to build a whole network of these things that serve, you know, from the city of Las Vegas to the airport and basically up and down the strip. And um, people were getting on and off. And so, and using it during, during uh. During CES, and the interesting thing about the number, the 100,000 person trips uh, during that, you know, during basically a four-day period, that means, you know, there's they were serving you know, 25,000 person trips a day um, for what, uh, you know, 12 hours a day, or let's even call it 24 hours a day in which, you know, that's an average of a Thousand per hour, if you if you for the whole twenty four, but you know there's tails on that stuff probably, you know. So during the the heavy periods, they must be been, been serving about two thousand person trips an hour. Now they have wow. two ways and so on, so it's a thousand per direction. So I mean, know, did it make they a dent? I wonder. In the
0: did it make a dent in the notorious CES taxi lines? <laughs> oh
1: my goodness, they can, absolutely. And especially if they go out there and they say, hey, you know, share rides. You know, a couple in the back seat, another person in the front seat, they had to have a they have to have a driver right now. What to deal with the sociology of the operation, not necessarily with the technology of the operation. Same thing with with uh, Trenton Move, you know we have to have an attendant in the vehicles in the first year or two of operation to acclimate the customer okay it's not that the technology can't do it technology can do it but the customer has to be comfortable so that's why they have the driver in there and they they did it and they 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 did it with ride sharing and people must love the ride sharing and which Really, I mean, the amazing thing is, is that uh, taxis, Uber, and Lyft operate with no ride-sharing, even during CES. The taxi and Uber, Lyft, and so on lines are infinitely long, yes. Um, (laughs) Uber and Lyft are offering your rides. If you want to ride within the next five minutes, it's it's at least twice, if not three times, if, if you're willing to wait 15 minutes. I mean all they're trying to do is say, hey, you know, yeah, we have some cheap rides out there, but everybody, well, everybody's on the expense account there and boom, hell yeah, you know, I want to go now. But Crazy. they couldn't move everybody now if they if they made any effort to try to do ride sharing. Okay, How many places do you have to go from from the convention center at, at, in in Las Vegas? you know? You're going to the airport when you want people are there anybody else going to the airport hop in none of that going on it's amazing well you i understand why is because you know the people that are are being or paying or feeding their families there the drivers get to make more and more of them are employed you know i guess <laughs>
0: Uh, any any but, thoughts about uh, Tesla uh, rising to the top uh, in sales of luxury cars in the U.S.?
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing that a company coming out of nowhere, basically 10 years ago, it didn't exist, is now the leading seller of luxury vehicles in the U.S., When's the last time an American car maker did that? I don't know. 50s, 60s? No, I guess it may be the 60s. I think by the 70s they weren't. I mean, it's amazing. So yeah, Tesla, you know, taking it on a chin lately. The stock is down. Everybody's unhappy with, with Elon because of whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but my goodness, you know those cars are being purchased by folks. Not not, and the folks are, you know, I guess they're happy they're buying them. Otherwise, they'd be returning them. And if they were returning them, we'd hear about it. You know, people would be writing about it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, congratulations. It's nice to see a U.S. car maker, you know, come back to the top in the luxury brand.
0: There's now footage online, uh, Alan, of a Thanksgiving Tesla crash on San Francisco's Bay Bridge. Nine people were injured and you have some observations after watching the video that, that that's up online now.
1: Yeah, there are videos online that show it because you know, of course there are traffic cams running. But if you look at the video, the car is going there, and, you know, it's le- it's right turn signal is on. When it first comes into the scene from the rear, then the left turn signal comes on. Then the car starts changing lanes to the far farther, most left lane, and then the brakes go on. I don't know i don't know what was going on it just passed a, you know an exit there there seemed to be confusion and, and what and the chances that that confusion is coming from the um, from the automatic control system yes there is a chance of that okay but i think that chance the probability of that is is much lower than the probability of something else going on
0: so as we said at the top, uh, we have more to share from CES and our friend Ken Pyle at the ODI. First, Holon and the autonomous mover, as they call people mover or, or shuttle that it brought to Las Vegas. We're here at uh, CES
2: 2023. We're in the Olin vehicle. Dr. Kornhauser? And Gregory Crandell are going to have a conversation about what this thing's about. So, give us an introduction, how you've gotten here
1: and so on? Oh,
3: certainly. The Holon vehicle is an electric level four autonomous people mover. So, what that means, autonomous level four means that there is no brakes available, there is not a steering wheel, but it operates fully autonomously under conditions. Under conditions is generally for a geofence area.
1: So this is what we're interested in, where you designed this to be a how-many-seated pa- uh, vehicle and with opportunities for standees too and crush loads. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know the, the passenger size. It is. They, we will have a
3: 10-seated passenger and then five people that can stand. The interior that you see here is what is our premium interior we will be launching with one that is more for public transportation but this is a a, an image of what you can do with it because there will be additional markets or uh, opportunities like homeowners associations that would like to reconfigure or have a different
1: feeling for it so this is what the premium look would be as everybody knows we're coming at this with with respect to trying to provide mobility in, um, in, in communities. Um, uh, and if you want to call it transit, we'll call it transit. You prefer to call it autonomous transit networks, uh, kiosks to kiosks, as we've done and, and yeah. told so many. Uh, but of course, we, uh, we will want a premium interior because, uh, of course, the people that are, are looking to move to probably deserve it uh, and, um, and should have it. So uh, we sort of like this concept uh the size the opportunity to be able to especially if we look at the demand in, in, in places like uh like trenton um the, the peaks are actually occur twice three times maybe four times uh, they occur going to school coming from schools because we that you know the, the children they can't drive most of them uh, right uh deserve to have some High quality mobility. And then, of course, uh, part of the, the Trenton um, uh, Moves project uh, serves uh, the tra- Trenton tra- Transit Center, which means access not from Trenton all the way up and down the corridor, New York City, and so on and so forth. And in fact, Newark Airport into the world, and Las Vegas, and who knows, everywhere else.
3: To support your points and your needs, uh, as you'll see it as it goes through the, the display up here above, there's two use cases. One is inline loop, which is a dedicated route, which you set. You set it based upon your needs of where it needs to go and the timing, and you can then adjust that. The other one, as you had mentioned, which caught my ears, was children needing to go to school. Right. And the parents work, but they need to be assured that they're getting from point A to point B, and you don't want the, the doors to open in a location or a position where... It, they don't expect it to ride pooling in this case would be what you're referring to. You know, our interest
1: looking forward is is to have the interest as twenty four seven. We we like to say three hundred and fifty days a year. Okay. We would be very happy with three fifty. Um, you know, and who knows what year you know, twenty eight thirty two we'll get to three sixty five point two five. But we can get an enormous amount of value out of providing. High quality mobility with high quality interiors, um, 350 days a year. My goodness, um, it will be appreciated by the community. Our, our perspective. Obviously.
3: Yes. Yep. So, um, another couple of points that you talked about: the vehicle itself being electric, and that it can go into smaller areas that the large
1: buses could not. Sure. Right. Of, of course. Yep. And, and 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 sit parked at a kiosk waiting for people to show up. As opposed to running around empty, I mean, you know, we, we we understand we understand all that. At least we think we understand all that, and, and from the design of the vehicle, we think of it is enormously attractive. No, thank you for
3: that. No. And, and, and as we were talking a little bit earlier, this could be supplementing the current transit that is already in place, or to be the main
1: source of transit. Well, we we think it will be the main source of transit. There isn't much to supplement. The kiosk in Trenton, we're not going to to, to um, uh, take away ridership from the, the New Jersey uh, transit rail operation up and down the corridor. My goodness, no, that's not what we're looking We're looking to complement it. And uh, and I think that that's, that's to, to, to us, be a real uh, uh, appropriate vision for these kinds of things, or at least one vision. There are, of course, other visions, but at least one
3: another thing part of our vision is you had mentioned about it is that fewer cars I originally come from the automotive industry so I support vehicles because it's what got me my education but I realized that in large cities more green space is necessary and this can be a replacement for a vehicle for someone that's living in the city because of the flexibility of it and the frequency we, we 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 of course believe that we
1: we think that uh we think about the trend with uh, 100 vehicles uh, uh 50 or 60 kiosks that's the beginning you know serving i don't know fifteen thousand person trips per day but that's that's less than 10 percent of the, the of the total addressable market the rest of that addressable market much of which is also people that don't have access to cars but it's people that believe their cars car is the driveway. Yes. You know, or, you know, because, my goodness, if, if I'm commuting to Wall Street from Trenton, I mean, I have to drive my car and park in station, you know, take the train, to the good and get, get my car. But if this is available for sure, long access to my home, long to it, it, takes me. When I get off the train, there are ones that take me and my neighbors back home. Why would I deal with my car? We're, we're, we're all within that, that that space right and our
3: intent when building this is automotive grade. there have been several other companies that have had some difficulties in the launch and then the sustainability of how to continue to manufacture that comes through what is UTCO total cost of ownership okay and that's what we're focused on when we get this to market the cost of ownership for either the city or the company that deploys it and ultimately the rider base the rider base needs to be able to use it and that's well, where yeah, go ahead.
1: We, we agree and we, we think that that's that's the appropriate way to go and again our view on that when we look at at the simulations that we've done with vehicles and, and ridership and so on if, if you end up uh, My goodness, being able to deliver 100 person trips a day out of a vehicle and you do that 300 days a year and so on, you take whatever the capitalization costs are and you divide it by that big number of person trips, my goodness, it's down in the pen, it's 10 cents. It's order of the 10 cents. It's not order of the dollar. It's not order of $10. If you look at a 53 foot bus, my goodness, most most of the time it's empty. It's rarely full. And it's riding around empty, and if you look at the productivity of even with, you know of a bus, with that thing, they don't get hundred person trips day. so anyway we've we've gone through much of that, and we really appreciate the, the fact that you know this we think this is an opportune mm. um, um, vehicle to bring to and it's not only Trenton, we look at Trenton. Trending. We have other Trentons, right? We have Perth Amboy. We have we have Patterson. We have uh, uh, we think we have Jacksonville. I mean, we have, we got them. when we were all down at the Florida AV conference, we got a lot of interest in Jacksonville, Tallahassee. There are a hundred cities in the United States for which you know, this is an opportunity, and of course, we think that you know this has started exponential growth scale
3: profitability for everybody i also wanted to let you know i had some takeaways from the 2022 smart driving cars that's
1: <laughs> great i mean you know we, we
3: pumped this i'm sorry but well, no you know. it is I, if you yeah. would, let me finish real quickly is that on the smart driving cars and also the trent moves there was something that struck me that i thought that our company was not doing enough of And this was being inclusive there was a gentleman there that he was blind. I don't remember his name.
1: Yeah. Neil? Yeah.
3: He's blind also. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Basically. he's a great guy, right? Yeah. That is part of the inclusivity that we have now built into it, which we continue to consult people that are visually or hearing impaired. And in this case, we also have uh, automatic deployable RAM. Uh, so ADA compliant. Well,
1: we're looking to help you on that because. We're thinking that the only place people really get on and off this thing is at kiosk. In other words, there have been since I guess you go front but there is no front or backwards, you can go in and go I mean it's the same thing to you, isn't it? Or it is that it, not, will, it, it or, is not
3: because this is unidirectional. Okay. So it will go one way. It is
1: rear wheel driven okay. front wheel steer okay but you know we can evolve to that i mean uh, hey if you look at the cars that are out here they're not the cars that were out here 50 years ago or 75 years ago and so on things evolve Um, but even with that and pulling up to a space uh we expect we expect that the curb space curb height at the kiosk matches this exactly so that therefore what? Tell Tell me you, why? Why we can't? Why, why that's not a good
3: idea? Go no, no, no. You yeah, you, you yeah. can. And let me do a couple yeah, things. Okay. This has an air ride suspension. Okay. Give us comfort, smooth, okay. silky. When you're going down the road, you don't okay. get the bumps, right? Okay. It has a double wishbone air ride suspension, okay. which is usually in premium vehicles. Okay. So you get a comfort level that also gives us premium feel. Okay. That also, with the air ride suspension, allows the vehicle to kneel when necessary. Kneeling, it can lower like the
1: big buses do. Right. Sure. I mean, you can, you can match it if you don't do it. If, if the curb happens to not be, then you can match to it. I, right. I mean, I'm, I'm suggesting the opportunity to basically have an easy way to get wheelchairs in and out. We will yeah. ramp or not need not a ramp is right. relatively easy to do.
3: Right. And in, in the deployment in your area with be that we would set the area where exactly where it will stop. If sure, there's of course, a curve right. or not a curve, right, we can adjust for that right. because the right. ramp will support either one. Right. When when do you expect to go into
1: serial production with this? In late twenty twenty five. Okay, and, and what do you what are you looking? How many of you looking to produce? Can you say that? At this
3: time, we yeah, don't release the production numbers. numbers. Right, but we have a slower ramp yeah. up curve. Okay, and then we expect that that's going to grow significantly because people like yourself and trend moves are, are getting a lot of demand. The the idea is is
1: to basically start out with order a hundred, and if that uh, we are able. To, we think that, of course, in the beginning, that there has to be an attendant on board.
3: Right? This is going to be the best, for a couple of reasons. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Is that the attendant is there for educating, educating right. the exactly. people. Exactly. It's okay. It's going to come to a stop. Be prepared. But it's also there just in case, as you define that fixed route, because you're going to be in mixed traffic. That they're there to handle any situation once it goes into full autonomy, where it's planned and you already have the history.
1: Uh, He said it better than I could say. Right? Exactly. We're we're the same. You know, there's been a lot of work done on the technology part of this stuff. There's been essentially no work done on the on on the psychology and the the reason why needs at least we believe what needs an attendant is to deal with the
3: psychology of the of the of the customer yes. yeah. talk more we yeah. can go into a conference room uh, yeah. we just like to get some yeah, yeah. 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 no sure, yeah. sure 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 so
1: uh, thank you very Aren't
0: much alan interesting company you got to ride well you got to sit inside anyway
1: (laughs) yeah we got to sit inside we got got to look around and kick the tires a little bit and yeah it's a very nice vehicle and and of course in terms of uh, access and egress and so on it's it's tall and it it has it's it's on a little bit of a larger size but it it very well be appropriate and um yeah it's it's Uh, The issue is with all these vehicles, you know, it has to be able to operate driverlessly, you know, without a driver, my contention. If it can do that, you know, fantastic. If it needs a driver beyond just the psychology of acclimating the customer, then then we might as well just have a driver. What do we need technology for?
0: Right. And we encourage People, uh, if you've skipped over it, go back, watch that interview. Then, instead of moving people, you caught up with a company called Autonomy. It's O-T-T-O-N-O-M-Y, which is making an unattended all-wheel drive robot to move things, really uh, uh, a delivery vehicle of sorts, Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's really a sidewalk delivery vehicle, about it, three
0: feet tall or so, something like that.
1: Right, right, and and there have been there's some on the market. This is another one. It's very interesting. Uh, what what's very interesting about it is it basically can turn on a dime, because it has four wheel steering on that. It can, and so in terms of its maneuverability to avoid pedestrians and so on and so forth on sidewalks, it's it's really good. Um, it actually has, it has, it has a little ramp and so on. It can deliver things and slide things out the back if you, know, you can get to that point of doing the delivery. That you know, The challenge of, the, of, of package delivery is, uh, is, a, is in part the last 50 feet, and, um, and uh, they're trying to deal with that. Uh, you can do more than 50 feet. You can do maybe you know, even a half a mile. Uh, but the idea would be to to have these things be able to uh, go from a staging area and and deliver things um, much the the way you know the postmen work at least in in Princeton you know the postman or post women um, um they have a they have a a car or a truck in which they carry all this stuff they park it on one block and put a bunch of things in their bag and then they they walk the block so this thing is is would be walking the block or a little bit farther and it's a very interesting idea and for certain places and certain neighborhoods can do a major part of the delivery
0: let's take a look at courtesy of our friend uh, ken Pyle.
2: I sure would like one of these things following us around, helping us carry things around. Hrithikar, why don't you tell us kind of what this thing is, your latest Autobot, I believe it's called.
4: This year, we unveiled autonomous uh, delivery robots Autobot Yeti. These Autobots are meant for delivering fully autonomous uh, uh, you know, items uh, to different type of customers like retailers, uh, food and beverages, and also e-commerce. One of the most important things which we brought in for this CES is that these robots can also auto-dispense the packages to your doorstep or to any integrated lockers. So that's what we have uh, this, this year.
2: And it's a great advancement from last year's. And Alan, this is the first time you've seen it. What were your impressions? You heard the press conference a minute ago? Well, I, I of course,
1: like the fact that it could pivot on a point. And do a 360 turn, and basically uh, be the maneuverability aspect that I th- I think you have to have. You you need some maneuverability, especially if you're putting this thing down down a sidewalk or wherever you're doing it. So I appreciated that. I just thought that the that the the design I think. To me, I consider it modular. Whatever they happen to have on the on the on the platform on top is, you know, for one particular application that fits best, and all that is redesignable. And I think you express that very well in terms of how many slots and whether or not you do uh, you do the the delivery piece or not the delivery piece. The delivery piece is really important because otherwise you need a person there. In some places you have the person available, in other places you don't and, and uh, so that you can hit the you don'ts uh, the having the ability to, to deliver it is is cor- sort of an important thing um, I, I asked the question about whether or not they had thought about uh, you know putting this on a, on a larger uh, driverless of course delivery vehicle um, you know in the Amazon type delivery system or uh, or a US post office delivery system where basically it, it does, the neighborhood delivery from a mothership that has this and the mothership loads it and then it delivers it. And, of course, as we know, one of the, you know, for me, for delivery, or I don't know what percentage of Amazon's deliveries can be done between midnight and 5 a.m., when you don't have a person there and now you have an ability to deliver it, uh, why not get that done while you don't have to worry about... uh, Elizabeth walking her dog or uh, other people on the sidewalk. I mean, the infrastructure is sitting there available, uh, not being used and, and, you know, do it. you have a certain amount of flexibility. I know we all want our packages, you know, the next minute, but come on. I mean, let's get real. So those kinds of things. So I, and I guess, yeah, no, but I I think, I think all those things are, are, are really nice. And I, I, of course I like the modular aspect of it. I was gonna ask, you know, the the other place, you know, we can do this out there in the public, but in the private, in the in the warehouse. I mean you have all these warehouse what and all these conveyors. And sort of the, the conveyor is more of it's at best a, a many to one type efficient system. But what you end up having is really a many to many. So, you know, you can't have a conveyor many to one, one then distribute. But in fact, you may have, you know, sort of a satellite part of the many to satellites and then satellite to satellite to then the many for which this, because of its flexibility and handling very, you know, satellites to satellites, can sit there and, and do the hopping. And then and if you put this in a, in a protected environment, then, you know, you can go nuts right, can't you or am I missing
4: it? Yeah, I think uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a very valuable piece because, uh, you know, but uh, uh, there's a background story to yeah, it. So yeah. the co-founding team, half of the co-founding team was from autonomous warehousing side. Yeah. Half of it was from well, then, autonomous then, then, driving yeah. side. So we came in both from warehousing and yeah. autonomous driving yeah, on yeah, roads. Yeah. So we found a middle ground, which yeah. is delivery. Yeah. And when we started exploring that, I think the market potential for delivery is much larger than any uh, you know uh, logistics within uh, the control spaces sure and it is challenging so 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 Mm -hmm. right now we want to focus on something which is not 100 percent solved by any of our competitors so that we have the lead ahead and warehousing very interesting space very competitive space both in terms of quality and pricing so that's where you know at this point in time we just want to focus on delivery not Mm -hmm. to spread to them yeah I, I think that's all balanced and you started though in the
2: airports right in a yeah. kind of a semi and it's not really a private but it's a kind of a, a enclosed space and, and you've expanded that with this are you planning on both indoor and outdoor yeah now the platform is
4: exactly the same uh, like uh, both for indoor and outdoor so uh, we started with Cincinnati International Airport uh, we just uh, finished up our first round of pilots at Pittsburgh Airport and we are already live at uh, Rome International Airport. So that's our first entry in Europe. That is a gradual way of repeating more and more airports over the period of time. So. We are on track.
2: I have a quick question because I could have used it the other day when I needed a sandwich and I was a long ways from, uh, so the question is with that ramp, are you gonna be dumping sandwiches and stuff or is there a different mechanism yeah. for doing that?
4: The ramp won't be used for uh, you know, for the airports, okay. but uh, specifically the ramp uh, or the auto dispensers basically used for dispensing e-commerce packages okay, to room. the door or lockers. Yeah. yeah,
1: he gave the good answer to the, to the dispenser. The dispenser is when the human's not there to, ready to take yeah. it. If yeah. you're ready to wolf down your food, you want it and you can grab it. Okay. You don't need it dropped on you. So anyway, he gave the good answer to that
2: <laughs> one. And then, uh, I, my fault yeah, for not being no, there, but, <laughs> but, but, but Ellen, happened. Ellen was listening. So that's uh, <laughs> one of the things, you, the difference from last year is you're now part of the urban robotics foundation. And tell us a little bit about that. I think, cause that deals with the human factor, right?
4: So urban uh, you know robotics foundation group basically helps us tremendously to orchestrate a framework in which different type of robots can coexist and still have a you know same streamlined aspect of safety of accessibility and uh, you know both technology wise and usability wise so i think it's a, it's a great effort and uh, you know it takes a village to make that change and that's what uh, you know the uh, urban robotics uh, you know foundation is doing right now And we are on track. We will be pushing out an ISO standard pretty soon. And that is going to be the first one for any public uh, robots.
2: Speaking of um, the deliveries, I guess you have in the postal service uh, in Norway, right? Is using it?
4: So uh, we uh, did a very extended, uh, you know, pilot with the postal department of uh, Norway, which is Posten, And there we actually touched upon a, uh, you know, use case, which was first mile delivery. And uh, Within that use case, like, you know, we bring in items from different sources to the hub where these items are kept into the vans for long last mile delivery. So we were actually solving a problem for the postal department to collect packages from different sources mm. uh, to deliver. So that's something which we did. And the good thing was that we started like in bright, sunny weather. And then we uh, then the you know robots ran fully autonomously in snowfall and also in heavy snow towards, a you know, uh, December. So I think uh, it was a very, very fruitful, uh, you know, uh, pilot, which we just finished. And now we're crunching more data to, you know, create a larger span out within postal in Norway. This thought
2: just occurred to me. Alan, do you th- see something like this being complementary to maybe something like what you're doing with Trenton Moves?
1: No, uh, <laughs> okay, actually, uh, no. Well, I mean, of course, we'll no, no. In right, one, yeah, of course, in the in the, in the moving of goods and the moving yeah. of packages and so on. Absolutely, and that's what we've sort of been discussing. And and uh, and it, it can do that. I think, you know, as, as he just pointed out with his previous answers, there's and as I suggested with the with the warehouse problem, there's a collection problem and there's a distribution problem. Both of them are short haul. OK, now, whether or not it's last mile or last 50 feet or last 500 feet or last 100 feet, it is it's that um, it seems, you know, one of the issues with the, the number of packages and number of deliveries you can do here, the empty vehicle miles associated with this is non-trivial, uh, whether it's. One to one, or you know, 0.8 to one, or 0.75 to one. It, it's it's non-trivial, I think, at least if I look at the use case and you know, and how in the heck it would end up operating, and so on. So you know, I I think there are other ways. I, I sort of like. The cascading rather than doing all the way from one end to the other, but maybe that's not the right way to work this. But in, in any sense, you know, there is just an uh, enormous demand for that last whatever chunk is, and extending that chunk longer I, probably gets you in more trouble. The the the, the net gain versus the net effort. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to do tough things. Um, it drives me nuts when people want to do tough. Why don't we just do the simple things and be successful and make some money and then, and then grow from that? I mean, too much of the hype around all this stuff is, oh, man, I have to do San Francisco and do the, 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 the curliest street in the world, or whatever, and show my, and, and my manhood and all that. Get out of here. I mean, once you, you know, find the real problems and do the real value, get on the value proposition, be successful, and then, and then move from the success. Okay, but that's just my personal beef. No, that's, and,
4: that's absolutely fine. You know, but you know, it's the, the labor shortage is still there. So yeah, you know, know, the labor the, short, the Labor shortage. And, yeah,
1: it's but, real. But it's um, in a lot of things, you know, humans aren't necessarily the right entity to do it. Okay, there are certain things we do very well, and it's very tough to find something else to do it. Yeah. Um, heavy lifting—we're not all that good at. Some of these other things we're not all that good at and therefore, you know, taking tolls on the New Jersey turnpike, we're not all that good at or, nor should we put people in that. You know, some of this delivery, deliver my lunch. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan, but that's, that's <laughs> me, I guess. No, that's Sorry that's, about that one, you no, know. No,
4: we, we, you know, uh, it's, it, it comes with different, you know, demographies. Yeah. It comes with different, you know so many so many different things right. like you know so one of the most important things which we actually uh, also did was around curbside deliveries yeah which is bringing items from inside the store mm-hmm. to just the parking lot so it's it's uh, you know kind of breaking down the bigger problem into a smaller yeah. chunk where you know to the parking lot for the curbside pickup still makes sense yeah. still there is a staff which is moving in and out in and out continuously right. uh, to make those deliveries and uh, i think that's step one that that is extended to last mile and so on and so forth
2: and that kind of gets back to the whole uh, movable conveyor belt right uh, the virtual conveyor belt because a lot of the stores you'd see that have a conveyor belt from the second store that second story that bring the goods down right this would replace that uh, well, conveyor yeah, belt you know, right
1: maybe, maybe from the second story to the first story is fine but then from there to have right. then another one and so on right. it is sort of what Speaking i was
2: suggesting
1: no, in between no, no because right. because this thing has the opportunity to do a many-to-many right. uh, dynamically. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to run a route. It doesn't right. have to just go between A and B. And, uh, that's the fundamental opportunity here, okay, right. is to have the flexibility of doing the many-to-many in real time, da-da-da. Okay? And, and so, you know, where is it that, that otherwise you have people standing around or people are only trained to do this? or whatever. So, you know, to me, those are the kinds of problems which, you know, This, I mean, I'm, I like the design. I like what you've done. I think this, you know, the... Footprint is, is
4: good that it's it coming is, from me.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, I'm a nasty guy. <laughs> <laughs> I made you smile. That's
2: what Yeah, and you were talking though about doing like 80 uh, uh, trips a day type of thing. I mean, it's, so, I think, I a,
4: right now it's, it's more uh, focused around the number of deliveries which yeah. we can make during uh, each hour. So anything, you know, it always depends. It's a function of weather, distance, and everything. Sure. But on an average, anything between five to eight deliveries an is that, hour is something which, which we kind take of care That's your business of. model to work, that's yeah.
2: yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah but it, it, again, given, given, the, given the round-trip distance, the speed, and so on, there, there is a limit to the right. number of these yeah, things right, that exactly. you do and the number of individual ones right. in the tour that you can do. But the capacity limit is not necessarily the problem because there are a few places in which you need it. Big capacity. What you need is in most of these things is the flexibility, okay? And and because if if you have big capacity, then then you can afford to put a human in there to take a big truck and drive a big truck. It's just like if you can fill a bus, you don't need any of these automated people mover type of thing. Problem is, very few places you can fill a bus enough times, except for you know one trip, half a trip. Never mind. We don't want to go there. Uh, but I think that's the opportunity and in, in, in things in which you end up getting over 50, you know, deliveries per day. You multiply that out by 300 days, you see how you distribute the, the capital cost of the thing. The capital cost component goes to zero, goes to zero, right. goes to zero yeah. very quickly. So that's where you end up having to be because, I don't know, operating costs uh, there's management costs. He also uh, admitted that, yes, you have to have a, a centralized system on top monitoring this stuff. Uh, things are going to happen. You're going to have to have intervention that, that is
2: successful. I think this has been very helpful for uh, uh, you know, you telling us what you're doing. So
1: um, Thank you for the conversation. Uh, thank you. Thank you so thank
2: much. You. Thank you. And-
0: So, Alan, as you mentioned, there are others in this space, but some real potential here, maybe.
1: Sure. I mean, there are places where these uh, can actually uh, provide some value, especially if you can do unattended delivery. OK, and there are certain places in which you can do unattended delivery. If there's somebody there ready to take it out of the, the thing, you know, when when it shows up, that's fine. But, but if, if some of these things can also do the uh, unattended delivery, then that's really interesting. Then, then what you can do is talk about delivery between midnight and 5 a.m. when you know nobody's around, nobody's on the sidewalk, nobody's on the street. You have free range and the, 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 the safety challenges are greatly reduced. Uh, but for all these things, you've got to be able to make it, make the last 50 feet without uh, somebody there taking it out of there or taking delivery. So that remains a challenge.
0: Absolutely. So we want to again thank uh, Ken Pyle. You can find him at V-O-D, viodi.com. Look for viodi on YouTube as well. Thank you to CARTs, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTs is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. Smart speakers can play us, too, if you've got one. You can find my tech reports at textination.com i'm fred fishkin along with alan kornhauser thank you for listening or watching stay safe and safe travels alan
1: yes thank you and again i want to thank ken for um, all the assistance and so on and uh, running around with him at, at uh, ces it was a shame you couldn't make it this year fred but we're all set for next year boy we're gonna do it up again right